0: the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Rachel Gilbert.
1: Welcome to the London Free Press Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, a former London Anglican priest who is currently serving a 13-year jail sentence for sexually abusing five London area boys in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, is now also convicted of abusing two more boys from Whitehorse when he worked there. David Norton is facing more years in prison now and at 77 years old the judge has to consider his advanced age health issues and the seriousness of the abuses when issuing his sentence. So today I'm talking with London Free Press crime reporter James Sims about the latest trial and this sentencing and Jane has covered the whole thing from start to finish. Hi Jane how are you? I'm fine Rachel how are you doing? Good, good. Um, so you covered the first trial, uh, which was here in London. This this second trial is actually in Whitehorse. And we'll get to how you covered that in a little bit. But give us a little background on David Norton. Who is he? He, he was a fairly prominent figure here in London.
0: Absolutely. He was an award winning history instructor at King's University College. Uh, he was uh, in Specialized in Indigenous studies, and he was beloved. He was a beloved priest in the in in the Huron diocese uh, and in the Anglican Church. Um, I I I don't think he I, I you know the people who had dealings with him that didn't involve this part of his life. I think were were very fond of him, and I will say too that the boys in these cases loved him because he gave them a life that they never expected. I will say this: this has been a Quite a a journey uh, through the court system. I think it's been quite a journey for the people who who knew Norton uh, because his fall from grace has been so profound. Um, He uh, just a little bit of background. He was first charged in 2015 uh, after um, one of the boys, now a a young man from St. Andrew's Parish out at Chippewa. um, uh, he made repeated attempts to tell the police that this had happened to him, that when he was a little boy, he was befriended by by Norton. Norton made him uh, an ultra boy. He was from a very troubled home and then he would take him into his apartment and then things would happen. Police Mm -hmm. investigated and um, it's one of those cases as we find in historic sexual assault cases. I mean, it takes a long time for people to come forward, uh, to feel safe and, to come forward and and part of it is that that it's it there's difficulty in 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 for them to be believed that's how they feel if if there's a lot of shame attached to these cases but eventually four four indigenous men came forward from chippewa but as that as those charges were laid there was a young man here in london um at a london church who came forward who who uh non-indigenous boy who um uh, he, uh, was assaulted during the 1990s. So mm-hmm. the Chippewa cases happened in the late 70s, early 80s. The the uh, um, uh, St. Mark's case happened in the 1990s. Right. Uh, Mr. Norton pleaded guilty in the St. Mark's case, in the lending case, and uh, was given a four-year sentence, which was a pretty, you know, very uh, um, hefty sentence on a guilty plea. Uh, then what happened is he did not plead guilty in the Chippewa case. And that was a full blown trial, and it was an extraordinary trial. These men were, were um, you, you just don't forget them. They were mm-hmm. uh, extraordinary witnesses who told their story and told and and be able to articulate the complicated relationship they had with with Norton. Um, in the end, he was found guilty, um, and there was what we call a joint submission from the crown and the defense on sentencing, which means that they come forward with a sort of a sentencing. It's not a plea deal, but a sentencing deal that Norton agreed to, which was nine years for the for the assaults on four boys. Mm -hmm. As that as these trials were working their way through the court um, there, Mr. Norton, apparently, as we found out last week, tried to contact um, a young uh, man up in in uh, in the Yukon for a letter of reference. Between the time uh, Norton was at Chippewa and when he was back in London permanently, He went to the Yukon and got a job at the Diocese of Yukon to be the the Indigenous Ministries. They called it the Indian Ministries Coordinator, and he had two charges up there. When that happened, when the reference letter was was being requested, this man went on the Internet. He found the newspaper stories about Mr. Norton. He contacted the reporter asking, who do I contact? And that, that set the wheels in motion for him to contact someone at the London police who contacted the RCMP and these two brothers went into the RCMP eventually and told their story. And that's where these charges come from. So th- it's a bit of a convoluted history, Yeah. but what's extraordinary about it, Rachel is how similar each one of these men's story was. It was wow. just like a repeat. It was like pressing repeat on a, on a, on a tape recorder. They, it was, it was a, uh, um they were all from from homes that were uh either it was a single family a single parent home, or there was there was some sort of there was a lot of poverty, there was a lot of you know abuse. Yeah. Um and he came in as their as their uh, their knight in shining armor and gave them wow. everything that they could never have. And uh then uh, it would escalate. He would have them on sleepovers, he took them on trips, he took them here, there, and everywhere and then he left and these boys felt completely abandoned
1: wow um yeah you did meant you did talk a little i was going to ask you to kind of expand on the the grooming process that they that you talked about in your story the judges talked about in the trial um because he took them he took them away the parents really trusted him they they obviously oh, yeah. didn't think anything was wrong but you mentioned that the the boys really loved him as well even though he was doing this what yes. what did the boys say in the trial?
0: There was this extraordinary moment last week. I have to tell you, um, when the younger brother was testifying and he said something that just summed up all these cases completely. Mm. It was that we loved the guy. He gave us things that we could never, we never even dreamed we could have. But we knew that there was sacrifice that had to come with that. And that sacrifice came at night. And I went, well, that's the rationalization. They put up with it, yeah, because they yep. knew that there was something else. Now, I will say this: th- th- there was a, a troubling aspect to the Chippewa case that did not show up in the Yukon case, which was the boys who testified said that they believed that they they were drugged before they they, they went to went to bed. That there was there was something put in their their pop shop pop
1: okay. before they
0: went to bed that made them sleepier. Interesting. Um, that is just their own interpretation of it I mean there was no physical evidence because it was from so long ago but sure. all four of them talked about being sleepy being after they, they'd they be given a treat at night and they'd be sleepy and then they'd be ass- assaulted during the night so right. that was not what the experience was of the of, of, of the Yukon boys none of that came up up in the uh, testimony right but the grooming part
1: bang on all all the way through and it the was, progression of things yeah
0: Yes, yes. Make them alter boys. Uh, Ingratiate yourself with the families. Um, Make yourself a, you know, you are the representative of of God. And so we do what you want us to do. Make a a church life that is really extraordinary for the entire community and make a life for these boys that's beyond anything that they ever imagined.
1: Absolutely. And then have them for sleepovers. Where was he taking them for sleepovers?
0: Well, most of the assaults happen in the Yukon and in the. uh, in the uh, re- rectory, which is the priest's uh, yeah. home, uh, in his apartment. Mm-hmm. But he also has a, had a piece of property just outside of Belmont here um, that uh, he would bring the boys to, uh, you know, dirt biking, and, and they go to the beach, and they go to Toronto, and they, you know, um, and the the second brother who testified particularly said yes, those ass- assaults happened there too. Um, and in London, he had an apartment in London when he was at Chippewa. They would happen there, but they also went out to, to the Belmont property and camping right. and canoeing. And just, it was kind of, you know, any way to sort of...
1: Whenever uh, they were alone with him? Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. was there was a possibility
0: it was going to happen. Yeah.
1: Has Norton offered any defense of this? Like, what has he said? He pleaded guilty in the London case, but he, he, he did not plead guilty with yeah. the uh, four boys from Chippewa. Did he offer any defense with the two boys from Whitehorse? Well, this
0: was really weird. This is why this trial—it was just that. This was bizarre to me. He entered not guilty pleas to six charges, and I, I'll just explain the six charges quickly. There, there were two sexual assault charges for each boy and a sexual interference. The reason there were two sexual assault charges is because the um, criminal code switched in the middle of of the time frame when these boys were abused. So they so they not they covered both both charges. However, he pleaded not guilty, so these boys were compelled to testify at his trial. Mm. However, the instructions to the defense, once they testified, was don't cross-examine them. And when it came time for Mr. Norton to offer a defense, he didn't offer one. Really? So um, there is some, uh, what's the word I want? He will get some uh, credit for pleading guilty. Uh, but it's just it's rather strange. And, I, and and the judge has commented on this in, in the in the Yukon. Like it's 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 it, it, it may be an expression on him of of remorse and acceptance of the fact that there was no cross-examination of these boys and, and, and no dif-
1: defense offered. Sure. Because it's interesting. He, he pled not guilty, but then doesn't even offer a defense. So. Right. 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 He
0: did offer a defense in the uh, London trial, but he kind of got mixed up on it. He said, I would never touch a boy. Uh, I would never do that to these boys. And meanwhile, he'd already pled guilty to doing it to someone in the 1990s. And it was a case that wasn't even allowed into the Chippewa case until he uttered those words. Hmm. So, you know, he, he offered no defense
1: at this time. Interesting. Yeah. So he's currently in, in jail now. What, where is he? And what is jail life like for him? Well,
0: I, I have to tell you that what one of the interesting things out of the pandemic in the criminal justice system is that it's made uh, it routine to be able to go to court while you're somewhere else. I, that's mm-hmm. how I was able to cover the Yukon case, mm-hmm. by being able to getting permission from the court to be able to cover it. Sure. Um, for Mr. Norton, the reason I rose that, that link is because Ms., Mr. Norton is 77 years old. He, he's not of great health, um, and he is in a prison in the Kingston area is all, all they would say. Okay. Uh, he appeared on screen during, during the trial in, in a little room, little viewing room to watch the trial. Um, he, uh, he hasn't said much. I'm kind of wondering if he's going to say something once we get to the end of the, of the, uh, sentencing process. Um, but he has a variety, kidney disease, some heart trouble. So a lot of issues that come along with, with, with someone with a, with a man who's 77 years old. Sure. Um. So that's why the, he he was too ill, really, to uh, travel. So they they made sure that the trial could be done re, re, remotely. And I must say that the the uh, my experience with the with the uh, teleconferencing system in the uh, Yukon was was very very good. They have an oh, wow. extraordinarily good um, connection. Let's just say that that's
1: okay. yeah very Great good equipment it's, it's, and a, it's been... a good video conferencing system.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Probably out of necessity being a more re- remote place. But I, you know, I think some Ontario courts could take some lessons from yes. what the Yukon
1: is doing. <laughs> take note if this is going to be uh, more of the norm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do criminals of advanced age get accommodations for the for their sentencing? Because we are still waiting uh, to see what his sentence will be. Will he get accommodation for being 77 and of ill health? He
0: he could. Um, and, and you've kind of seen that before that there's, you know, he's, it's, it's, this is a really interesting sentencing process. And I, I think that the prosecutor of the case has made a really fair and on, it is fair and on point in this. I mean, you know, sexual assault is sexual assault and punishment is warranted. And this is a man of, it's an extreme breach of trust, extraordinarily bad breach of trust. He's asking for another 10 years, um. There's something called concurrent time that you will see in court when you serve one sentence at the same time as as an, an, another. Mm. Um, I have a inkling, maybe that might be what what the defense asked for, but you know, it is a separate set of set of uh, uh, charges and convictions that should be served separately. Mm. Um, but and but you know, I've seen in the past when older, you know, of, offenders will get a little bit of a break because. They're old and usually they're of ill help. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see, given Mr. Norton's behavior during this trial, and there seems to be an olive branch that has been, uh, it has been offered to these boys. If that's going to help them out, one of the right. things that happened during this case is at the end of the testimony on the second day, um, they requested to meet with him and meet with him privately really? uh, through the link. And which happened, it was private; none of us saw it, but it was the these boys, these men uh, made it clear that they don't hate him; They loved them, wow. but you know, they need to get rid of this. Yes. They've carried this around for, you know, for 40 years. And they needed to say this and they needed to hold him accountable for what happened to them.
1: What a complex so. relationship.
0: Oh, extraordinary. Yeah. You Absolutely. mentioned in your
1: story also, sorry, that the judge, uh, the judge says that he didn't see any evidence of any premeditation to to lure these boys. Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: it's 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 tricky. Okay. <laughs> it's tricky yeah. In
0: legal terms. Prosecution saying he groomed them, and the defense saying no, it's not grooming. I mean, he loved these guys, and you know, it it, it wasn't that his. The, the defense is going to argue is that Norton's motivation for for befriending these children and their families was not for a sexual purpose. Mm. Um, given his record, I, I find that kind of that's that's gonna be a bit of a, I would think a bit of a heavy, heavy lift, but we'll see. Yeah. Um and but like given on the evidence of the trial itself, um and he, the judge said quite, you know, frankly, I, I adjudicate an awful lot of sexual assault cases in the Northwest Territory are in the uh, yukon my apologies mm-hmm. um but you know I don't see the pattern uh, that's going to be I, I I was thinking by the end of of the um, submissions by the prosecutor that maybe he had swayed uh the judge a little bit on that so we'll see what he says we'll see what
1: it looks like to him yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah. the the prosecutor is arguing for another an additional 10 years and, and what is the next step when when do we expect the sentencing to be handed out
0: well, tomorrow, uh, Mr. Norton will be back in what they in in uh, in a set date court. I think they call it up there. It's kind of like the superior court assignment court here in Ontario, uh, setting a date for the next part of the sentencing. We, there was just not enough time the other day for for the de- defense to offer up its submissions.
1: Mm.
0: I suspect after that, there'll be some time after that for the for the judge to to dis- decide what he wants to do. And there'll be another date where he will, he will give, he will render his just decision on this case.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll watch your reporting on this story for sure, because we know you can cover this very easily in the Yukon <laughs> from here. So yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Jane. We, we always enjoy your insight. Thanks for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me, Rachel.